On today's episode of More Important Issues, we talk the offensive coordinator opening and whether or not we think they're closing in on someone and who that someone is. We talk about some recruiting news as well as some vol basketball. We welcome onto the show Ron Slay to give us his inputs and thoughts on the 2018-19 basket vols. We talk about the college football playoffs and the end to college football season as we are approaching bowl season. Today's segments include most important of the week and fail of the week. More important issues is brought to you by my bookie. Sure, watching football is fun, but it's always more entertaining when you have some action on the games. Guys, you've heard me talking about this for weeks, and some of y'all are still on the sidelines about it, but I'm, I'm urging you to make your way to my bookie today. Guys, they are the best bet this season. Um, if you're the kind of guy that likes that likes to bet a little and win a lot, playing get number game like roulette, you can create a big parlay. Pick three teams to win, and if you hit on all three, you could turn $100 into $600. There's so much to bet on. College basketball, college football, NBA, NHL custom props, and even eSports. You name it, my bookie has it. Uh, they're the best. Like I said, they're the best bet this season. Um, the guys, they've been in the business for years. Uh, they have great reviews. I would not recommend a service to you guys. It's not been good to me. So, so head over there today, and if you use the promo code ISSUE, they'll match your, your deposit. Uh, also, another th- good thing about MyBookie is their their Twitter and their online mobile site. Um, but yeah, follow MyBookie at, at BetMyBookie on Twitter. They'll personally respond to every mention and DM. And they've given away more than $10,000 in free money to their followers this football season. So make sure you do that on Twitter. Don't miss out on one of the best bet- best weeks to bet on sports this season. Log on to MyBookie right now and use promo code ISSUE and get to uh, to get 50% off your deposit or including in your included in your deposit. That's promo code issue. I S S U E you play, you win, you get paid. it did to do and welcome into more important issues. It is Sunday, December 2nd. I'm Caleb joined always by Landon Raby. Biggest news of the weekend guys. Softball teams two and oh. That's right, and I got on base today, so you're pretty much. I think you have to. Think yeah, think you have to ask the question. I mean, I if, getting, if Tim Tebow can make, I'm not getting worse. An MO, an MLB roster than you could do. Oh, yeah, did he make an MLB roster? Oh, okay, in the minors. He probably will. I'm. I am convinced that I've been drafted a few times. Yeah, you know, like the 48th round or whatever. But. Right. I'm definitely my name's been Yeah, called. at that point they don't even call you. They just hope you're listening. <laughs> right. My name's been in there somewhere mm-hmm. in the past like three years. Definitely. So yeah, we're we're two and oh. We're rolling. Um we're now where the Vols can't hurt us anymore. The Vols can't ruin a Saturday. Yeah, don't don't get don't get too hurt yourself. Vol football can't ruin a Saturday. <laughs> okay, there you go. Vol football can't ruin a Saturday. Actually that's probably not out of it either. That's probably that's probably true too. <laughs> Um, the only way they can hurt me now is by hiring Hugh Freeze, just because Fourth and Truth said that they would delete their account if we hire, if we don't hire Hugh Freeze. Right. So now, if they do, I'm going to be really hurt. Because. So is it kind of a win-win either way? I I think the world would be a better place if he didn't have a Twitter. I mean, obviously okay. he's not going to delete it, but. So you'd rather have. Fourth and truth off the face of the earth, then have Hugh Freeze an offen- as an offensive coordinator. Oh, yeah. Okay. Every right. day. I just I just wanted to clarify that to our, our listeners. I just like I'll I'll feel good when I don't have to see him tweet at ESPN 
every time a great catch is made, he's like, don't forget about this catch. Seven years ago when I was in high school. He's like, it's a, everyone says it's the most incredible catch they ever saw. Did it? Was it like it, a good catch? It was a good catch, but it's like, it was seven years ago. A catch like that's made every week now in football, so who cares? Yeah. And it, I mean, it wasn't like it was great defense, though. He caught it against the guy's back. I feel like we see that all the time now. Yeah. It's like, it's like one-handed catches. They're kind of out of the norm. Well, yeah, like, it, it, it's cool, like, in that time period, but, like, not after the fact. And don't tweet it every single time there's a ca- good catch to ESPN. No. Like, anytime anybody has a catch on someone's back, he's like, oh, well, this one's better. Mm-hmm. So. I follow him because he is kind of like, same reason I follow Sean Fincham or Nathaniel Rutherford. They consistently uh, produce stupidity as an epidemic. Yeah. They keep this segment alive. That, that's that's why I follow a lot of people, just so I can, I have fuel for the next week of our podcast. Yeah, they, they're keeping the segments alive. And I pre- I do appreciate that. Yeah. I do appreciate that. So thank you. Brand. Thank you for your service. For the brand. Yeah, for the brand. Um, you, you mentioned offensive coordinator talk. We're still unsure of who the next offensive coordinator is going to be, which I think raises a ton of questions. I'm not saying it puts Hugh Freeze out of question, but I think it's got to be unlikely now. Yeah. Why would why would he not be signed right now? Yeah. Cause yeah, it's it's not looking like him. Because. And after today, it's really not like Chip Lindsey isn't really looking great. Um. Yeah. I mean, I would agree. I feel like. This Sunday is going to be when you got because you're the. I mean, I guess technically you have postseason, but there's still a lot of people playing consistently this week on Saturday. So this Sunday is when you see a lot of coaches hired, especially head coaches. So you see the shuffling finish out. You thought you would have an announcement by now. You don't. Mm-hmm. Um, it could be tonight. It could be. Yeah, I mean, there's still time on this Sunday, and and I think if I mean I feel like it's got to be before Wednesday, right? Yeah, you would think. Yeah, even if it's, let's say it's Enos, and they're gonna, you know, let him finish out at Alabama, like they did Pruitt. I don't know why they would. I mean, he's not a coordinator. He's not play. Call. He doesn't affect game day operations really. No. So I don't know why they would. But even if it's Enos, you would still make that announcement because that that affects recruiting, and and you have to wonder if Pruitt's telling recruits who who he has. I mean, I think that's a fair question to ask because you get um, a top quarterback commit. You 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 bring Eric Gray into town after decommitting from Michigan, so I feel like it's. I, I mean, I think it's fair to think that he knows, but he also may not. He he may just be telling the guys, "We're going to get the best guy in here to win," and that may be enough for him. I don't know. Yeah, oh, I agree. So I, I just I think Hugh I, th- Freeze, I think it's down to four people. Yeah, and I don't. Unless somebody just comes out of nowhere, I, I think it's down to Enos Lindsay. I think Hugh Freeze is still involved. I, it doesn't look like it's going to happen, but I feel like he's still one of the top candidates. And, you know, I hate to say it, but Drinkwitz, or however you say it, is yeah a name that keeps popping up. So, And I, I think Prude I is supposed to talk to him sometime. The good news, I don't think we're going to promote from within. That would already be done. Yeah. So, But, yeah, I don't think it's going to be a coach that's out of work because he would have already – you would have already had his name – you know, they would have already announced it, I feel like. Mm-hmm. Again. Unless, unless, like, you want to go through the different candidates. Yeah. But, I mean, even then, though, I mean, that still means there's potential Pruitt may talk to someone he likes more. That's yeah. why I just, I don't think it's a done deal with someone like Freeze. Um, because 
What 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 are you holding out for? Is kind of my question. Yeah. Yeah. You I mean, maybe you talk to Enos today and then you make a decision. Yeah. I, I think we're hopefully. I think you get an announcement tomorrow is ideal. Um, it, this this isn't as key as like a head coaching hire in terms of time, but it is. I mean, the offense coordinator is a big deal. Um, you know, especially to recruits, and you've got early signing day coming up really quickly. Uh, I mean, most of those guys that have that are going to sign on early signing day have been committed. And are going to be, you know, are going to be committed regardless. Um, you don't expect a lot of, don't expect hardly any surprises that day. Yeah. But still, to comfort, get a guy in here, right? Um, but yeah, I, I don't know what to, um, what to think about the whole thing. I, I just, I expected something uh, today. I did, whether it was you freeze or. And I would like else. to know, like, if you do get one of these four guys. It still doesn't like give me an idea of what kind of offense they would run here, right? Either. Right now, I think it's fair to think that Jeremy Pruitt's going to run what we ran this year. In terms of that, he's going to try to run, run the ball, um, and and really, you know, it's a very slow offense. I think that's the only thing we have to go off of right now. Yeah. So, and it's it's not working. No, uh, and it won't. I mean, the biggest thing about any offensive coordinator we get in right now um, is going to be the growing pains of the offensive line. It's going to yeah. be tough. Whatever offense you implement, it's going to be tough. So Yeah, th- I mean, that's why I, I would kind of like to, you know, speed up the tempo. That way you kind of don't have to rely so much on your offensive line. I think there's a lot of things you can do to, you know, obviously your offensive line, we, we talked about this throughout the season, before the season. You know, that that's where, you know, games are one of the trenches. Tone, tone is going to be set up front, but – you can do a lot to help your offensive line out, especially with the athletes you have on the edge and in the backfield. And yep. we've got to find ways to, to help them out. And um, But, I mean, if your offensive line's so bad that someone can stop a run with just four to six people in the box, they're never going to stack the box. They're never going to, you know, it, it's going to make it really hard on your, your wide receivers to get open, your quarterback to find someone downfield open. And then um, when they do rush people, you're, you're getting blindsided, by, you know, hit every time because – not only we struggled too, our running backs couldn't really block well this year. No. Whereas you know we had lately heard Kamar and Kelly who were all really good blockers and good in pass protection. So that that's another thing we've got to improve on. But um, yeah, I, I you know like you said, there's things you can do to get away from it. But all in all, that offensive line's got to drastically improve for any offense coordinator to be successful in year one. Yeah, absolutely. So, um, we had a question about the offense coordinator um, on Twitter. Uh, so we'll go ahead and answer that. I don't think we have any more questions, but we'll definitely go ahead and answer that one. Uh, or gets us three questions, really. Uh, you got that? Look. Yeah. So uh, at John Simino nineteen, he said, "Which OC candidate will be best play caller, best recruiter, best for long term stability?" So I think we can kind of go off like those four. Yeah, that's what I was thinking too. Okay. Um, um, I think best play caller. You have to assume Hugh Freeze. Yeah. He's got the mo- more experience. Um, you've really seen what he can do. And, uh, you know, that old Miss offense was really, you know, well, was good. Really good is tough to say, but it was good. And, um, you know, they definitely were one of the better ones all around in the SEC and then a tough SEC Western Conference. Yeah, um, I'd, I'd have to agree. Hugh Freeze is definitely the – I feel like – I mean, I feel like that's that's the assumption is Hugh Freeze. You, you may be able to argue uh, the NC State guy just because that NC State offense was pretty good this year. But, again, that's the ACC um, – a little bit different, but I, th- I think that's probably your second, cl- your closest, and just because we're basing off of experience and mm-hmm. I doubt that I feel like Euphrey still has that edge. Yeah, um, best recruiter, 
best recruiter. That's tough to say. Um, I, I mean, again, I feel like the, the edge goes to Hugh Freeze, but when you have guys like, um, I mean, Enos has never, you know, Enos has gotten the guys at Alabama, and it's kind of like the Pruitt thing. You assume he's a good recruiter, but you're also recruiting Alabama. Yeah. Um, so I think Enos is definitely up there. Uh, I, I feel like those are your two top guys recruiting wise. Yeah, but I, I would say Hugh Freeze is probably the, the guy again, especially like in the Memphis, Mississippi area yeah. where he knows that. Right. I mean, he, he's definitely going to have a – a hand in getting all those guys. Yeah, and yeah, I feel like he's got the edge, and, and then you probably next best there is, is you've got Enos, and you know he he's young and he's had experience play calling too, and um, you know he's had experience at different schools and different stops, and uh, I I don't know exactly how that recruiting process works for those young guys and what it is, but Hugh Freeze's name probably means a lot more than anybody else's. Yeah. So and long term uh, or best for long term stability, I, I think Chip Lindsey is definitely the guy here. It seems like he wants to be a coordinator. Yeah. Um, I don't think being a head coach is really in his um, – really what he wants right now. But he knows, you know, he just keeps climbing the ranks. I yeah. feel like he'll be a head coach soon. And then um, Dirk Witts, probably the same. Yeah. And then uh, – who's oh, Hugh Freeze, I mean, definitely wants to get back into coaching. Yeah. Um, I, I so, would, I mean, if he has a good year, he's probably going to go to right. a, another school as well to be a head coach. Yeah, I expect if Hugh Freeze is just fine this year – Probably even regardless, just because they know what he can do as a head coach, he's gone. So, yeah. you're, if you're looking at long-term uh, stability, Hugh Freeze is not the guy there. I, I think Chip Lindsey or Enos is, is definitely um, your guy uh, your guy there to, to at least be here two years. I think that's what you look for in coordinators and successful programs is two to three years, mm-hmm. um, and you're probably rotating out if you're – you know, if your units are performing the way they should, because people are going to want the guys if they're doing the right thing. Right. Um, and you talked about having that, you know, for stability, it's about getting the, you know, getting a staff around you too, to help provide that. And because the coordinators can't always provide that. Cause you talked about how Enos is climbing the ladder. Well, if he's good and your units are good, well, people are going to want him and it's just part of the business. So, yeah. um, being able to get, to get those guys in there and, and, um, and really just giving us two to three years of, of good, Good offense in this case, offensive uh, staff and work. I think is what you're looking for, and you. I don't think you get that with Freeze Drinkwitz. I I don't know, but um, probably the same. Probably very similar to Enos and and Chip Lindsey. They've they've got a few more years to prove before they can be a head coach. Yeah. So, but yeah, Chip Lindsey's older, isn't he? He's yeah. Like, he's older of this bunch. So mm-hmm. he yeah he's probably definitely around more or longer than anybody else. Right. So that yeah that's that's my thoughts on the offensive coordinator. I don't know where we go with it. There's so many rumors getting thrown around out there that you just like you guys. The guys that you can trust, like Vol Rumor Mill, saying that the board's blocking it, and then the interim president Randy Boyd comes out and says that's not true. This hires up to uh, Jeremy Pruitt and Phil Former, and that's it. And you know, I'm not saying you know we should take Randy Boyd for 100 percent truth, but I mean he's staking a lot on that that tweet because the man's got a career, like the man's got a career in politics, and I don't know what the uh, Number of all fans that are voters in the state of Tennessee, but I'd say it's got to be pretty high. And right. with how serious we take football, if you lie about football, I would imagine they're not going to vote for you the next election. Yeah. So, she's taking a lot in that, and uh, and the, maybe the it wasn't board like you know maybe it wasn't the board of trustees coming and voting. Maybe it was you know individual board members calling Philip Fulmer, um, and more of influence rather than actual voting, and that may be the case. Yeah. Um, and I get the tweet like he had to tweet it. Yeah. Because 
his name was getting drugged yeah. through the mud. Well, I mean, and you know, it shows a lot more than what the last administration, um, you know, the last administration was really scared to, to really put their neck out there and say anything. Um, and that's kind of what makes me think he's telling the truth. Like he, I, if you didn't watch what went down last year, uh, then you're probably not cut out for the, the Tennessee job. Right. If you did watch it, uh, I think you know kind of you can't really lie about it because it's going to come out, and uh, you gotta you know you gotta really be you gotta be firm and be out there because if it's all secret secretive, like again everything's going to come out eventually, um, and it's probably not going to be good for you if you can't kind of get ahead of the the game. So I think he he was a little behind the game, but that's not really his fault. People kind of jumped the gun there. They were like ready to you know burn him at the stake once mm-hmm. that came out. Yeah. So that's Tennessee fans though, and it's part of, I guess part of the business you're in, and that may be one reason he doesn't want any, doesn't want anything to do with the athletics right now. He's like, I think they can do it. Yeah, <laughs> we're not gonna let's just, let's just keep that over. Not there. gonna risk my career because of because uh, of a uh, football, right? But, but I I think with besides Drinkwitz, you know, and he might come in here and do well. I have no clue. But if I'm picking, I'm picking Lindsey Enos or Hugh Freeze. Yeah. And I don't. I mean, I don't even. You know, let's let's pretend that we don't even have a shot at any of those guys. Like, I don't know where you go after that. No, I don't either. Again, there has to be someone that Pruitt wants because mm-hmm. we're sitting. You know, we're, we're sitting on it essentially. There's not been anyone promoted from within, so there's someone out there he wants, and yeah. I just don't know who it is. But you know, it gets back to that. We don't even know if really Hugh Freeze wants to be here because apparently there's a rumor going around that we got Gundy again that he was looking for a pay raise from somewhere. I guess looking for more money, and, and I don't know. I have no idea. Um, you know, if he's that there was a you know tweet sent out today that Bama wouldn't want him; they'd want Enos if Loxley goes. So it's a it's a mess. I don't think anyone's really really knows any truth right now. Um, just so much get thro- getting thrown about. Yeah, and it, it really I hate that we let Bama dictate kind of what we do. Right. I mean, we definitely do it on the off on a, the football field, but you know, off the field, like we got to stop letting them dictate what and not just us i mean i feel like everybody in the country does right go out and and that's i mean that's the one thing is surely we're offering money yeah you and got to that's why we have the tyson Hill thing you got to offer money and that's why i'm thinking you know if enos was gonna surely enos wouldn't sit and if i'm Peru, i just sit i'll probably tell if let's say enos is my guy and he's thinking well i want to wait and see what loxley does i'd be like you got 24 hours yeah, and the offer's gone. Like that—that's it. If you want to be here, you want to be here. If not, we move on. So, surely that's not the case. Surely, like you said, we're not letting Bama dictate what we do. Um, if it's same with Hugh Freeze, if Hugh Freeze is like, we're gonna hear some more offers, I'd be like, twenty-four hours, yep, or whatever the timetable may be. That's what you got, and then we're going, we're going a different direction. Um, and, and you know, because we've got to find somebody that, like you said, that kind of wants to be here too. Like yeah. it can't just be, and that that's that'll provide the stability is if you find someone not just looking for that you know Lane Kiffin stepping stone kind of thing, someone who's actually gonna, um, actually gonna want to be here is is huge I think for for improving the program. Yeah, and you know like we said in the last podcast that you have to find the right like you have to make a good hire right absolutely especially where your program's at like you can't you can't miss. Yeah, on especially a guy like an offensive coordinator, you know, a defensive coordinator. I feel like you can miss on that because Pruitt is such a defensive minded guy. Yeah, but you know, you definitely have more room to work there. Right, but you know, with with offense, you know, that's not his specialty. Right, and, and so 
you know, making a good hire is essential for this program. Absolutely. Um, looking at recruiting because we there is some been some recruiting news um, come through, and again that's why we feel like there has to be an offense coordinator in place. Um, but, but you know we've we've done some things some things well in the recruiting uh, area this week, and then a pretty big decommitment in Eric Gray. But what what else do you got for us? So uh, you know, first we start with the uh, four star quarterback Harrison Bailey. Um, thought he was going to go to Michigan, and then you know in the last couple of days it really took a turn, and um, he ended up committing to Tennessee. His teammate Ramel Keaton is part of the 2019 class. There was a kind of thought that he could reclassify, but he said he's not going to do that. So he'll be a part of that 2020 class. And he said his recruitment is shut down. You know, there's a whole year um, to go by before he's actually on campus. So, you know, I'm sure Tennessee will still be in the mix and um, hopefully we're able to keep him. And because uh, that's huge because he, he's one of the highest rated He's the highest-rated quarterback we've had since Jonathan Crompton. Yeah. Absolutely. So, that's that's huge. Um, then Eric Gray, um, like you said, decommitted from Michigan. He was seen on campus today. We tweeted that out. Seen with uh, Jeremy Pruitt at Cafe 4. Yeah. So, and, that's a quick visit. from. That's a quick turn. I don't know if this visit was planned yeah. or not before the decommitment, but that, that's a – either way, that's a pretty quick turnaround to get a guy on campus uh, after mm-hmm. a, he – you know, the top running back decommits from – a power pop school and, and a pretty good one in Michigan, someone you're definitely recruiting against right now. Yeah. So. And something he said from the beginning, he was just like, I love Michigan, but he was like, my parents aren't going to be able to get to the games. Right. Every Saturday. And it's definitely going to be a long haul to Knoxville as well, but yeah. I guess it's a little better than Michigan. Yeah, absolutely. Um, So I'm, I'm sure that took into account. And I'm sure the Harrison Bailey thing, I'm sure that took into account as well. Um, just because he's from Marietta, Georgia, so you know the road to Knoxville isn't as far as it is all the way to Michigan. Right. I, I'm sure. I mean, definitely that kind of stuff affects it, and that's that's why I think getting for for Memphis getting uh, a Memphis series back for Tennessee, I think, is pretty big. Yeah. Being able to go and, and play them, and hopefully right. get some guys. Obviously, you know that's every other year, or whatever, and it's one game, but that's still pretty big because that's not just your family; that's your friends, um, you know, cousins, yeah. aunts, whatever it may be, and. Yeah, with the, Eric, with the Eric Gray thing, I think um, Pruitt wanted to get away from the speed backs, the smaller guys, and wanted it, you know, to be kind of like the Alabama where they have bigger backs and can pound right. the football. But with their offensive line, there's no pound the football no. right now. So I, I think when he was not able to get those top tier guys, that um, you know, he's like, let's go get the best running back in the state, no matter who it is. He doesn't have to be the biggest guy, you know, right. somebody that's going to make plays on the football field. And that's, you know, he's a three-time Mr. Football winner. So, you know, Tennessee definitely got a big running back in, in Eric Gray. So, hopefully we're able to to get his commitment down and get him signed um, and get him on campus. And, you know, that running back room is freaking talented. Oh, yeah. And, I mean, that's been the story of Tennessee football. I mean, it's really gotten back to that uh, since really the Herd and Kamara. Yeah, since Herd's been here, really, you've had, you know – Heard Kamara, Kelly, uh, Ty Chandler. Uh, I mean, then there's several guys that, that aren't, you know, Tim Jordan, who really had a couple good games this year. Uh, Carlin fills and me, gets to this side of the ball and shows out. So it's definitely, definitely uh, a good, good backfield. Yep. Ball and backfield. Speaking of ball and basketball. Ball. Um, we're getting into 
the Texas A&M Corpus Christi game. I'm sure everyone's really excited to hear about that. Yeah. Uh, but we're also going to wel- welcome on Ron Slay. Talk a little bit about um, the expectations for this year and, and what this team can do and, and um, really just what to see, what to expect to see out of this team. And um, we've got plenty of questions for uh, for uh, Ron Slay. We're excited to welcome him, welcome him on. So here's that interview. We welcome onto the show now, uh, Vol for Life, Ron Slay. Ron, how are you doing tonight? I'm doing great, man. How are you guys doing? Doing well, Ron. Um, you know, it's basketball season, so there's definitely a bright spot in Tennessee athletics right now. Um, the Vols are uh, ranked number six in the country. You know, what have you seen out of this group so far this season? You know, something they've improved on um, and built on from that team from last year. I think um, a lot more confidence overall, especially in the starting five. And, um, you know what you're going to get from Lamonte coming into the games. But I think everybody's expanded their role a little bit more. Um, as I'm watching the, <laughs> the replay of earlier now, um, Kyle Alexander, you see him getting a lot more touches instead of just getting drop-offs during, uh, like he did last year. Grant, Grant has extended his game beyond the three-point line. Um, knocking down the three-pointer and also being able to put the ball on the floor and score a little bit more and um, not being so so much um, confided to the the post. So I think that's helping. I think Bowden is going to pick his game up as the season goes on um, and, and figure out where he can get get his scoring. But I think the biggest part is um, Bone. Bone being a lot more aggressive and assertive. Um, we like to see that a little bit more, I believe going down the stretch of games like the last eight minutes. But he, he comes out a lot more aggressive now than he did um, last year. And you know what you're going to get from Admiral. So that goes it goes on. Yeah, and, you know, you talk about going down the stretch and, you know, just, just going into March, um, you know, this team has high expectations. You know, what's something that they could struggle with um, in some of those games? Um, I think just um, staying focused the uh, the entire game, um, offensively and defensively. I think more so offensively. I think it's um, as we've seen early, um, we go through a, a couple of droughts a game, maybe about a three or four minute drought. And um, defensively, we're fine. Um, I believe that on offense is when Grant gets in foul trouble or we can't give him the ball in certain situations. I think we've got to have a uh, secondary plan to go to right away. Not, not anything really coach needs to call, like Jordan go or get it to Admiral. Just within the flow of the offense of trying to get it to Grant, still be able to look for your options. So I think that'll, that'll be huge. But I think Kyle's going to really help with that. You know, he, last year I think guys played off of him a little bit and with them being able to get him incorporated in an offense as far as giving the ball on the block, let him do a couple of moves. I think that's going to keep guys' eyes on them. So it shouldn't get too 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 much stagnant, especially going into SEC play. Yeah, you mentioned uh, Kyle Alexander playing a little bit better uh, so far this season, just being able to do some different things. Uh, in the few games that we've seen, is there, is there anybody that stands out um, that, that's improved a lot? I think we've seen a lot better play from uh, both Alexander and Eves Ponds. Is, is there anybody else or, or maybe those two guys that can uh, that can have improved their play and can help us a lot? Yeah, I think Fulkerson is back from um, two years ago, back to playing that style, um, that active, um, energetic, athletic, running the floor offensively and defensively, protecting the rim, finishing around the rim, and just giving you the intangible plays. I think he's huge for us um, right now. I think 
like I said earlier, Jordan um, Bone, he's he's very impressive. Um, if we can keep keep him going at the rate he is, um, add it with the Lamonte Turner, I think. I think we can see some great things out of our backcourt. But uh, I expect somebody like Derek Walker, I expect him to step up a little bit more if given an opportunity. And um, like I said, Bowden, um, I, I think he is hes going to be key. I think he's is, he's is very good. You know, he's coming along, um, learning the college game. And um, I, I just – I'm leery of him handling the ball, <laughs> handling the ball a lot of times, you know what I'm saying. But the catch and shoot is uh, – okay. But – Anything in transition and anything defensively as far as shooting the lane and rebounding and things of that nature, I think he's really going to help. I would wish he could play the four, but I don't think he has he has a skill to play with his back to the basket. So, um, well, with that body, boy, if he could, he could play in the post, he'll be a problem. Oh, yeah. Right. And, you know, you talk about all those different guys, and Tennessee just has a ton of depth right now, and it's, you know, a great problem to have. Um, so, you know, going in March, is going to be crucial. So how far do you, how far do you see this team going? Um, you know, when they get deep into SEC playing and into the, into the tournament? Uh, realistically, I see them at least challenging for SEC, um, tournament championship. Also, at least, um, a final four. I think that could have happened last year. Um, and they should even have a much better seed than they had last year going into the NCAA tournament. So, um, just got to be able to get up for the games that you not expected to be up for. You know, you know, you're always going to be up for the blue bloods, but the the games in between those, um, like the Loyola Chicago, not letting a Cinderella slip up on you. You know, even though they had a lot of things go their way, that happens from time to time. But I think this year with their experience and going literally probably nine to ten deep. I think it might go down to about eight deep once you get into the tournament and deep in the SEC play, but that's that's going to be huge. There's not too many teams in the country that can do that. And Gonzaga's one, and also Kansas is one. I don't even – even Duke with their top five, but they're just top-heavy. But as far as going depth into their bench, UT is – we're head over heels with that right now. Oh, for sure. It's it's definitely helped a lot. And you, you mentioned that Gonzaga, uh, Gonzaga team that we play next week. Uh, what – what can this Tennessee team do to to really take care of business, play it close, and and you know hopefully get the win is what we're looking for. Um, right. And you you saw that Kansas game that that went into overtime, and hopefully or uh, you know the Vols had a really good chance to win that game. Uh, what can we do this week to to knock off Gonzaga? I think I think we got to stick to principles. Um, got to slow them down in transition coming down. They're always going to run their offense. Um, they have someone they run their offense through. So, and the guard play is very, very, very good. And then on top of that, they're very well coached. So you don't know what strategic plan they'll be coming, coming with. So you got to be, got to at least have two game plans uh, going up against the Zaga. And they're they're used to the, to the big stage. I think we're getting used to the big stage. So, um, that this, this will be a big, a big point in uh, our season this year, as was the Villanova loss last year. So if we learn from that Kansas loss like we did from Villanova loss, this will be like knocking off a, a, um, a Purdue as we did last year, and it'll, it'll be big for us. Yeah, absolutely. And Rick Barnes came to this program and really um, changed the culture and, you know, turned everything around. What What are some things that you've seen that he had to implement in this program to get it to where it is today? Um, I believe the discipline 
is for one, and um, that that's big. I think each coach comes in, and you know, with with Conzo, I think the discipline was there. Um, Donnie Tindall really didn't have time to, so it left left guys kind of wavering a little bit. But with um, Coach Barnes there, he's also holding people accountable. And um, when you when you do that with guys, you, you kind of make them grow up quick, you know. And the, you take your lumps early, as he did. But um, he's had some some success now, and I think it's it's, it's only going to get brighter in the future. Yeah, absolutely. And Ron, you know, we know you got to get back to your meeting, so we just want to wrap things up. I know, uh, you know, we we played under Bobby Graham and you tailgate and stuff. And no, uh, BG, did you know it was his 40th birthday today? Yeah, man, that's my guy. Man. He, he was shout out for my guy, BG. Man. He, he, he's probably upset about it. He probably don't want to talk to nobody today. Yeah. <laughs> That'd be all right. Carolina got spanked, so it ain't, yeah. ain't, ain't no problem here. But that, that's my guy, man. I'm going to have to uh, get a shot with him just for the day. Absolutely. Well, Ron, we appreciate you, and uh, we'll have to do it again sometime. You have a good night. Definitely. Definitely. Look forward to being back on with you guys. All right. See you, man. All right. That was Ron Slay. We appreciate him hopping on uh, Monday morning Slay rods. I don't know when that officially starts. Uh, talk basketball on sports uh, sports animal. Um, definitely good. Definitely good if you want to keep up and, and be in the know of Tennessee basketball and get some good insight um, from from somebody who really knows. Yeah. So we appreciate him knows hop- the program. We do what knows the program yeah. too, like yeah. in and out. So yeah. we appreciate him hopping on and uh, hope we can do it more uh, throughout the season. Um, he's a busy man. So he is. He is a busy man. We'll just have to, you know, make make time for him. Right. Or him make time for us. Uh, looking at and BG's briefly. definitely going to be upset about the the birthday thing. BG. Uh, yeah, I just oh, sent him a text. So hopefully, four year old man. Yeah, he might. I might get some cuss words back. <laughs> I said, Lordy, Lordy, BG's forty. <laughs> <laughs> uh, tweet it. Tweet at him. Don't maybe don't wish him a happy fortieth birthday. Don't if you do, don't tell him we told you. Yeah, don't tell him. Um, but yeah, you you, you wish him happy birthday. Uh, you meet dad soon. Do what? You meet yeah. dad soon. So he's not a forty year old virgin. I'm gonna be an enough. uncle. That's good enough. <laughs> <laughs> um, we briefly talked about that that Tennessee and Texas A and M Corpus Christi game that took place today. Noon tip off. Still had a good crowd. I don't know what official attendance ended up at. Um, check that real quick while we're talking. But I know people were tweeting out that that we had a. Pretty solid crowd for, um, you know, when you when you have a noon game in, in the uh, Bible Belt on a Sunday, don't expect – I mean, that means people are missing lunch to get to your game. Yeah. But, so, you know, the good thing, they have church at night, so they can go at night. It's true. Or, hey, the, the, all those early services nowadays. It's true. It's, you know, it's possible. Um, but Tennessee handled it, you know, took care of business throughout the game. Uh, we joked – because we didn't get to watch it today, um, but I joke because we were down eight to four at the first TV timeout break. I mean, it's like yeah. three or four minutes in, but you know, you gotta sweat a little bit there, you know. But obviously, everything took care of itself. Um, I think one note, you know, one of the bigger notes for today is Lamonte Turner didn't play. Um, Rick Barnes just pretty much said that uh, if he's not playing his best basketball uh, and it's due to injury, they're just gonna they want to see it rehabbed all the way uh, before they play him. So he told him he's not gonna play, might as well rehab it and. Uh, Definitely need him to get healthy, and if he can take a full week and, and get back to that 100%, um, that can be huge for next Sunday when we go face Gonzaga. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, East Ponds was in the starting lineup again. Definitely struggled. Five turnovers, only two points. Only played 16 minutes. But you really saw the best of Bowden coming off the bench. He had 14 points, 
four from six from the field. He played 24 minutes. Um, so, I mean, maybe that's kind of the push Rick Barnes was looking um, yeah. to give Jordan Bowden and to, to push him to perform, you know, what he should be performing. Well, it could be a comfort thing, too. Um, you know, when you when you go play, when you start a game, the, the jitters, the um, – you know, the thought process is a little bit different when you're able to kind of sit and watch it for a few minutes before you get sent to the scores table. Uh, maybe it's just a, a comfort thing, which I, I don't know if that's necessarily the case with Bowden. He, he started plenty of games in his yep. career, but um, it, it may be one of those things. And, and that's, you know, obviously a uh, pretty good coaching decision that the two games he's come off the bench, he's played pretty good. So, yeah. And, and those are both, you know, kind of, you know, warm up tune up games, but still, I mean, it means something when you're able to come off and play better than you have played Yeah, in total. So, yeah, and shooting over 50% um, and 41% from three, you're not going to lose a lot of games. And then, you know, one thing that I want to point out is the free throws. 20 for 25. Um, that's definitely a lot better, better. Than, than what it has been the past couple games. So, um, keep working on that. I, I feel like those are going to be crucial when we get into SEC play. So, you, you yeah. definitely need to get all the kinks and stuff out of that um, right now when you don't when you have this – you know, at a conference schedule. Right, absolutely. And uh, I want I want to see our, our three-point shooters improve their uh, percentages. I feel like the guys who aren't traditional three-point shooters are the ones kind of carrying that percentage, that, you know, bumping up our percentage because we have Schofield going two for six. Uh, what was Lamonte last – or not – yeah, last game. Like two for nine. Two for nine, something like yeah, that. Yeah, something and, like that. And so the guys that we need to knock down shots – I mean, hey, we, we talked about it. If you're a shooter, you know, you got to shoot. Shooter shoot, shooter shoot. Um, like guys like Jordan Bowden, if if you're gonna be the guy that we look to to make the threes, that means you got to shoot it when you got the ball in your hands. With as you know, you got to be able to shoot with as little space as you have. Yeah. Um. So I'm not gonna knock them for shooting. We just need definitely need that percentage to go up. Yeah, absolutely. Um, we've been good around the rim though this year. I, I've been in, I've been really impressed with Kyle Alexander's play. Um, and then uh, Ron Slade mentioned Fulkerson and how he's you know he's been be- he's back to that freshman year Fulkerson and um. You know, we, we need him to wreak havoc, and we mentioned it last week. Even if it means that every once in a while he's going to wreak a little havoc on our end, <laughs> as long as he makes more havoc on their end, yeah. then we're, we're fine. And, and he's been doing that so far. Um, I, I've, I've been pleased with this play overall. Um, you know, he didn't get a lot of minutes today, but, you know, he registered a lot of stats in those minutes that he played. Mm-hmm. So, And, you know, with all these misses that Corpus Christi had, they're not teen for 59. From the field, um, you know, and, and when they were coming off the rim, you know, it was one and done. Kyle Alexander had ten rebounds, Grant had eight, um, so those guys are cleaning up the glass. And Kyle Alexander got that big double double. Yeah. So that, that that's going to be huge. Like if he's able if he's able to consistently get, um, you know, toward that double double each game. Right. Um, I've been the last two games. I've been really pleasantly surprised with Jalen Johnson. Um, I guess kind of taking that spot for uh, um, Lamonte Turner, yeah. And he's been shooting well, uh, and he's been a pre- he's been a presence on the floor is is one of the you know bigger parts I think of it. Uh, so really, I think you know is that someone you might need to look to down the stretch if, if you know someone's plays kind of hit a you know gone stagnant or something. So that, that's big that you're getting you're able to get him minutes right now, and mm-hmm. um, he's been able to play well in those minutes. Also, Derek Walker got 14 minutes today, so. Yeah. More playing time. Um, registered several rebounds, which I think is the huge thing. You're, you're, you're not asking him to go in and just score a right. ton of points for you. You're asking him to be a rim protector and a rebound. Yeah. So And then Jordan Bone, you know, we, we've talked about him not being a true point guard. 
He showed it today. Zero turnovers, 10 assists. Oh, I feel bad for that, for saying that now, because uh, Tennessee basketball tweeted out a stat. In his last 28 assists, he's only had five turnovers. I was like, well, I feel bad now. Yeah. <laughs> so and, you've and, proven me wrong. And he, I think it's, we get on to him for passing first and right. not taking it to the rim when he has the opportunity. Right. Um, but, I mean, seven points, ten assists, I don't have any problem with that at all. Yeah, and Ron Tully even mentioned how he can be more aggressive at times, and I think that's the biggest thing. And uh, it's for me, it's not even necessarily at times. It's I feel like he chooses the wrong times to be aggressive. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, so finding, finding that time when to drive and then when to drive, when to kick, or when to just go at the hole, um, you know, he, he definitely – I mean, he's our point guard. There's no question about it. Right. Uh, and he's the best point guard we have. Uh, he definitely has room to improve as well. Um, there's no no knocking that, but um, I mean his play's been good this year. Yeah, and and with Lamonte not playing right now, you're asking him to play a lot of minutes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, whereas when you know Lamonte's coming in, you're able to give him a break, and East Ponds is able to give him a break as well, playing a, a guard position. Um, so I mean, if you know he, he's taking the load right now. Yeah, he was one for six from the from the field. Um, but if you're able to get 10 assists, you know, that's at least yeah. 20 points. And he played 40 – he played – Jordan Bowen, you mentioned his minutes. He played 40 minutes against Kansas. Yeah. So, you know, that's – I mean, obviously you have overtime, but that's a full game normally. Yeah. Um, so, that's a ton of minutes to, to be asked to play. Um, but, you know, you're probably going to be asked to play that same to a close amount against Gonzaga next week because I don't think you can – I don't think you can expect um, Lamonte to be back by Sunday if he wasn't 100%. And maybe it was just a complete – you know, shut him down just to, to, you know, not risk anything. Um, but I think you have to have to expect him not to be back Sunday. Uh, so you have Jordan Bowen playing a lot of minutes. Uh, hopefully we have Bowden willing to shoot on, on Sunday. Um, or, you know, Jalen Johnson gets more minutes and he's coming in ready to shoot. Yeah, shoot or shoot. Yeah, we, we definitely need that. Definitely need that right now. Um, and even Jordan Bowen against Kansas, he had some of that Lamonte swagger, like, I've got space, I'm pulling up. Mm-hmm. So... Maybe you know maybe that's something he's he's gonna answer to the big time you know big time situations this year. Yeah, we got several big games coming up. Gonzaga and then you play uh, Memphis a few days later. This is a tough and tough w- game. Wake Forest I think is the twenty second, um, and that's you know they're always a decent ACC yeah. team. It's a this is a tough schedule before you go to uh, before you go to Christmas break. Yeah. It's not. It's not easy. San, Samford. I mean, I know it's Samford, but they're seven and two. So I don't think you're going to walk in there and beat them like you did Texas A and M Corpus Christi. You might. They lost. It, the, it's 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 very nice, and we've said this over and over again. Nice to be favored. Yeah. And win, in a convincing fashion. Yeah, and we've done well. And the biggest thing for me is like we've done it every single game. Um. Every single game that we should have this year. Every every game that's been a. Oh, a tune-up, you've, you've won by more than 20. Um, you even, you know, you destroy Georgia Tech, who, again, is a is an ACC team. They they play in a tough conference. Um, yeah, they might be towards the bottom of that barrel, but they're a tough, you know, they're going to be a tougher opponent. They're going to have got, they're going to have talent. They have plenty of talent on their team. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, you beat the last two teams, Eastern Kentucky and uh, Corpus Christi, you, you just throttled. And mm-hmm. like you said, just doing it convincingly is the biggest thing for this team, I think. Um, to help consistency, uh, you know, I don't, I don't, you know, Ron Slay thinks, uh, which Sunday I think can be season defining if you win. 
I don't really know. You know, if you lose, I don't know if it will for this team just because they've been consistently able to do so much this year mm-hmm. that I, I don't – surely it won't – I don't know what that does for their confidence. I, it's the number one team. You've obviously earned the right to be number six. So I, I don't know. Yeah. I mean, you, you definitely got to go in there and, you know, prove that you still are one of the best. I mean, you proved it against Kansas, but you can't go in there and get blown out. Right. Um. But I mean, like, just go in and win. Yeah, we we got. Like, I mean, I, I don't want to hear that. You know, we went in there and played with. I want to go in there and win. Absolutely, I'm, I expect to win. Right, I'm with you. I mean, th- this is a this can be a huge stretch of games if you're able to go knock off number one Gonzaga, then go to Memphis and win. Mm-hmm. That's I mean, that is so big for Tennessee basketball. Pinning hard away and ready. Yeah, um, big big for Tennessee basketball and where we're at right now. Um, we're going to be in the mix for Memphis recruits in the next few years. Yeah. So going in and beating them on their home court can do a ton momentum wise for recruiting in that, in that area. And, um, I, like I, like you said, I expect to win. I expect to be two and zero in these next two games. Uh, I mean, really I expect to be four and zero before Christmas. We ain't lose another game. Yeah. So, and then, you know, then once Christmas is done, you're, you're, you got to warm up, you got a warm up game and then you're an SEC play. And, we, we talked about being able to go 10 deep this year, and that's huge. That, that helps us a ton, but, whoo, it's a grind. Yeah. is not easy. It's not as easy as people make it out to be. Yeah, and, you know, basketball period is a grind. Yeah. Um, so, if we're able to stay healthy and, you know, get to March playing our best basketball, mm-hmm. you know, because we, we see it all the time, you know, people that are hot, like Ohio State in football, they, they come into the playoff and they're hot. Yeah. And they end up winning the whole thing with Ezekiel Elliott. Um, you know, you get those Cinderella teams that are just hot and, you know, you can't slow them down. Yeah. I mean, look at, uh, Lyle Chicago last year. Yeah. They hit a three they shouldn't have hit to win it. And then they were just, they didn't miss the whole night. So sometimes, sometimes destiny is a a little bit too powerful for, for, uh, most teams. Yeah. So let's just, Hey, like you said, let's not lose another one. Yeah. Go balls. Go balls. Uh, looking at college football this week, really, really. Several really good games um, in the championship. Several games that just weren't worth watching. Um, the SEC game, I, I was Alabama was a fourteen and a half point favorite, and I was all game on that. I was if I, I was not going to knock anyone for taking that for taking Alabama to cover. <laughs> yeah, uh, but Georgia gave them everything they they wanted. Um, I think that that defensive line for Georgia has got to be the MVP for me. Yeah. Um, Kirby Smart said, like, he's like, we're going to go man up on them. And everyone kind of laughed because they're like, if you give two of that kind of time, then, you know, with because their defensive line hadn't been able to penetrate enough all year. That's mm-hmm. been a question for them. So they're thinking, well, if you give him time and man to man coverage, that's going to be embarrassing. Yeah. Um, and they came out and they got a ton of pressure and forced two red zone interceptions uh, with Tua back there. Um, and they beat him up all night to the point that Tua went out of the game. Yeah. He hadn't taken a beating like that all year. So, no. that I mean, it's like, you know, that's like his first real true SEC game. Yeah. <laughs> so, sure. uh, and then Jalen Hurts comes in, and it's just the difference in Alabama is that their Heisman candidate quarterback goes down, and then another Heisman candidate comes in. Yeah. To clean up. So easy money. Yeah, it's it was. Uh, I really, I mean, I wasn't cheering for Georgia, but I definitely wanted to see Alabama lose. <laughs> like. Yeah, but dude. I'm I'm so impressed with Jalen Hurts over the the course of this season. We were talking about it before, and his, you know, when his dad came out and said all that stuff, yeah. it was just, 
oh, you know, who would want Jalen Hurts on their team? But, I mean, like, you look at what he's done this year and been nothing but, you know, a great leader right. for that Alabama team. And, you know, it's hard not to cheer for him. Yeah, and, and everyone's knocking on Twitter the guys that are like, see, this is what you need to do. Um, you know, players, don't you don't just need to transfer just because things aren't going your way. And I agree to And I agree in some part to the guys who transfer because they need to improve and need to play better. Um, I think the biggest thing that everyone needs to learn from, like, not just college football players, everyone, uh, from the Jalen Hurts thing is, like, don't just tra- don't just leave and quit after the first sign of adversity. Yeah. Like, yeah, he got, you know, he got beat out or whatever. Um, but, and he and he would have been more acceptable to transfer than, like, someone like, oh, Blake Barnett, who leaves after losing his starting job week one or week two, whatever it was. Yeah. Um, or even Kelly Bryant, who picks up and leaves in the middle of the season. I mean, what if Jalen decided – Midway, he's like, I'm not going to win this job. I'm leaving. Mm-hmm. This night never happens. Yeah. And so I think my biggest thing is just like the dude has persevered through. It's got to be some tough adversity because everyone's just assumed this is his last year on campus. I'm sure that's been in the back of his mind. I'm sure he's been thinking about where he can transfer. And yeah, I'm sure he's been shopping around. And um, then the time comes along and, and he's ready and comes in and doesn't skip a beat. Plays better than two in this game, in fact. Yeah. Before Tua got injured, I'm thinking, why not put Jalen in? I mean, you have him there. It'd be different if you didn't know what you were going to get, but you knew. And uh, played well and, and brought them brought them back. Just, I, yeah, I think this is a got to be – everybody should be able to take a lesson in terms of facing adversity. And yeah, I mean, it, it's one done. thing to, to transfer um, and quit, like you said, yeah. but it's another thing to, you know – Face it on and do it the right way. Right. And I'm not saying, you know, don't transfer. There's definitely, you know, and, and everyone's going to do what they think is right for them. Um, and, you know, that's on you, whatever. Uh, but I, I do have a problem with the guys who quit midseason. That's why I'm thinking I would understand a lot more if Jalen Hurts had said he transferred after, you know, in February. Mm-hmm. be totally understandable. Um, but he was like, yeah, even more, you know, you know, uh, hats off to him that he said, I'm going to face – a guy who came in and won national championship for a starting job, lose doesn't win it in the summer, still stays with it, yeah, um, and, and goes in and also it's got to be hard to transfer from Alabama. I, I don't know how you do that, but you know the the Kelly Bryant thing, Trevor Lawrence could go down at, at any minute, especially when you're playing in this playoff team and right. you've got really really quality teams playing. Um, and then they had another quarterback, that Hunter Johnson kid, really um, left before the season. Yeah, so you know there's just. That I, I will say I do have a problem quitting midseason. So that that is a you know like the guy at Auburn, I think it was a defensive lineman. He used his four game redshirt and then he quit so he they wouldn't burn his redshirt so he could transfer after the season. Like that yeah. that yeah that, I mean that's a problem I have and that's just you know at some point you do have to think about yourself but you also have to think about your teammates. You you chose a team sport. You're not playing tennis. You're not playing golf. You chose a team sport. Right. You know you got to do what's best for your team too. Absolutely. So um, yeah, really hats off to him and. I hate Alabama, and I'll never root for him, but it's really hard not to be happy for the kid. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, maybe he comes here. He knows, <laughs> maybe. He, might. he knows to the hill. Bring Jalen Hurts to the hill. Yeah, absolutely. I'm all, I'm all for that. We won't say no. <laughs> I promise. Right. I promise we won't say no. Um, that Oklahoma-Texas game early in the day, uh, it started all things right. Um, what was surprising, I don't know if the offenses were just that bad or if the defenses were finally like, okay. Oklahoma's like, I, we're going to have to go eventually play Alabama. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe we need to okay, act cool, like we over. want to. Um, you know, this wasn't a first 100 game. If you took the over today, you, you probably missed on it. I didn't oh. see the line, but you probably missed on it. Yeah. 
Because Oklahoma scoring 40, I would have – if you told me they only scored 40 on Texas, I'd probably laugh. Right. So, uh, and same for Texas, only scoring 27. I'd probably laugh. And you look at Kyler Murray and what he's done. You know, I think he's put himself right there with Tua. With Tua struggling in this SEC championship game like he did. Right. Um, you know, I still think Tua is the best quarterback in college football. But yeah, I mean, it's you, hard to – You can't deny the guy who's put up better numbers than Baker Mayfield did last year. Right. Um. So, and, and I'm, I tweeted out yesterday, like, I'm kind of upset that, you know, when Kyler Murray's – when his season's over, like, this is the last time anybody will see him ever play football again. Yeah, it's pretty wild. I don't blame him one bit. Go get that baseball money. That baseball <laughs> exactly. money is way better for what it does to your body. Exactly. Go get that baseball money. Um. I mean, even though you're going to Oakland, um, which that sucks. Yeah. But, you know, go get paid. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so, is he is he a pitcher? No, he okay. I think he plays center field. Okay. I just know he got a pretty big signing bonus. So, yeah. I thought maybe pitcher. Yeah. I think well, that's probably good for him, though, because that means he probably – he's probably on their 40-man roster day one. Yeah. I mean, they're they're pretty bad. I just – I don't – I mean, how often do you, you get on a 40-man roster day one as a pitcher? I feel like – even the top guys, yeah, that doesn't, you don't hear that about it usually. And you and you know he'll probably spend a season um, working his way up through the minors, and you know then hopefully get into the. Usually you don't come straight from the draft to. Yeah. You know I think maybe some pitchers do, but right. other than that, I, I don't think it really happens that often. Yeah, but yeah, to be like a Hosman candidate and pick ninth overall in the MLB draft, pretty incredible. Yeah, like I know Bo Jackson. Greatest athlete of all time, but Kyler Murray, mm-hmm. you know, if if he's able to, what? No, but Bo, Bo knows best. I, I I'm <laughs> I'm saying he's the best best athlete ever. But I mean, if there was one guy that you'd be like, you know, he could give Bo a run. You know, I feel like it could be Kyler. Here, Murray. Here's the thing about Bo Jackson though: he played in the NFL and the MLB at the same time. Yeah. So, um, but I mean, I feel like Kyler. I'm Murray, not saying Kyler couldn't. I feel like you couldn't. I feel like playing the quarterback position. And playing in the MLB would be extremely just because there's so much yeah studying that goes on in the quarterback position, like so much outside of just the field. Right. Whereas like Bo Jackson was like, "Hey, we're gonna give you the football and run." Yeah. Not as much to right. And yeah. and the game's different than it was in the '80s. Yeah. So yeah, I would say even then you could probably play like the way those offenses were ran, you probably could have played quarterback in the MLB. Yeah, but that, I mean, it definitely stinks. You know, I don't care anything for Oklahoma, but it's it's awesome to see a guy that was. The number five quarterback in the country um, go to Texas A and M and didn't win the starting job and then transferred to Oklahoma yeah. thinking he was going to start yeah. and then is behind Baker Mayfield. That's a, that's another situation though. God, tra- you know he didn't quit halfway through the season. I don't think before I speak to him. Maybe no, I should I look it up. So. Don't think so either. I was like maybe I should check it before I just say it. Yeah, I don't remember him quitting <laughs> in the middle of the season. Yeah, um, did what's best for him. Transferred and ends up a Hosman candidate. So, yep, came uh, another man. Do what I. I if I if I'm voting on the husband, I'm taking Kyler Murray. I it, it's hard for me just because it for me it comes down to kind of that Alabama's clearly the best team in the country. Like that's no question. Yeah. And um I mean and that SEC game is gonna hurt too, I think, in, in the Hosman voters. And what sucks is like that's the last game they see before they vote. Yeah. Um but I think for me it's like the best player he was the best player on the best team. So and, and with Alabama though, you could argue, you know, well, Jalen Hurts came in and did just fine. So is Tua the best player on the best team? And that's fair. That's a fair argument, and that makes me want to go with Kyler. It's definitely close. I don't. I don't want to be. I'm glad I don't have a Heisman vote because I wouldn't yeah. know what to do. Right. 
So. Yeah, and, and then you look at last year, you know, Baker Mayfield won the Heisman, but you get a guy who's beating his numbers. Yeah. And you're just like, okay, how was he not the Heisman? Yeah. And, so and the, he, there's cases either way. And he's in the playoff. Well, no, yeah. Baker was in the playoff. Sorry. Yeah. They got beat. They got buried. Think about this. If Baker doesn't get – if Baker if Oklahoma – Baker and Oklahoma beat Georgia, they get thumped by Alabama. Two and never plays, two and probably transfers. We never have a do- – I mean – Jalen's good, but he wasn't. He doesn't make all the throws Jalen or Tua makes. No, so I don't think they win by twenty-two every single game this year with Jalen mm-hmm. at quarterback. Mm-hmm. So screw you, Baker. I love you to death, but screw you for doing that to us. Yeah, you you, could, you should have just beat Georgia and taken care of business. Yeah, so you couldn't get arrested like right. a couple days before. Speaking of that, uh, Baker threw for the most uh, yards in rookie history at, for a Cleveland Browns quarterback. Which is pretty incredible considering they've started a rookie for like the last 15 years. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's not like they've only had one rookie. Well, this one didn't work out. Let's yeah. get another one. Um, he did throw, I think, two interceptions? Maybe three. Mm-hmm. Or he had three turnovers, I think. Um, I think they lost today, too. I, don't, I didn't even check that score. Yeah, it was pretty bad. I want I think a fantasy. Threw, that's, that's all that matters for me. I think he threw three picks in the first half. Yeah. So, not a complete rough day, but not a great day either. Not a great day. <laughs> um. Other conference uh, championships, the Washington-Utah game on Friday night was far and away more boring than the Northern Illinois and Buffalo game. It looked like a was, Big Ten game. Which was an at the, like, Friday night action, I'm for it. It was an absolute thriller. Yeah. Thriller. I was cheering for Buffalo, too, and I still enjoyed the game. I'm cheering for the Bulls, baby. The Bulls. Uh, and then, oh, dude, I thought for a minute. I mean, I knew it wasn't going to happen, but I think the score was 24-17 at one point in the Northwestern Ohio State game. And I was like, how hilarious would it be? Would that not just be... That'd like be they're awesome. like thinking, like, all we got to do is win, and we're, you know, we've got a good chance to be in. And you lost to Northwestern, that would have been great. But they took care of business. Well, like they should have. Yeah. And won 45-24, so. Dwayne Haskins is he legit, did. too. He's got to be one of the more talented quarterbacks. He's going into the draft this year, right? Yeah. junior? He's got to be one of the more talented quarterbacks. Yeah. I mean, he's got... He's probably got the best arm than anybody I've seen. He he's shot up the draft boards, and I, I think somebody who probably has like a a quarterback that they have right now that they're comfortable with will take him. Yeah, so I don't think he he's a day one starter in the NFL. Like, Maybe. yeah, I mean, I I would say no either, but I'd also say that which Josh Allen didn't start day one, but what he's been asked to do, he might as well have. But like guys like Josh Allen, Sam Darnold, they weren't either. No. People took him for some godforsaken reason. Baker wasn't a day one starter, and he didn't start day one. He got taken number one overall. Baffles me. Yep. Oh, I mean, Josh Allen, I'm taking him hands down. He's got big hands. That's all I need to know. Yeah, hands down. Looks good in shorts. Nice. He does look good in shorts. Um, Yeah, no, I'm I'm curious to see kind of what team he goes to and where he ends up. I'm I'm impressed with him. I'll hate him because he played for Ohio State, but I'm impressed with him. UCF. Dude, I thought they were going to get knocked off on Memphis. let us down. All these Tennessee teams letting us down. Damn it, Memphis. Yeah. It's the penny effect. Yeah, for sure. Um, the UAB, Middle Tennessee game. UAB, second year since they came back from being completely shut down and won a conference title. That's Over pretty wild. MTSU? Over MTSU. It was at MTSU. Dang it, Tennessee teams. What <laughs> are you doing? I told you. They're all letting us down. Um, but I mean, you can't help but kind of be happy for that UAB program, especially because I don't know if this is true. But apparently, uh, Bear Bryant's son was—he's on the board of trustees for Alabama and was a big 
reason that UAB shut down because of something about them telling on Bear Bryant for, I don't know, there's some kind of grudge they apparently held. So the fact that UAB came back and, um, you know, won a conference title in spite of Bear Bryant and his family makes me happy, and I can be okay with that. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Which I'm looking at their schedule now. They beat them 27-3 last week, MTSU did. Dang. Yeah, and then lost 27-25 this week. That sucks. Right? Kind of sucks that you have to play somebody. That, I mean, they can. Ha- I mean, well, I don't know how the Conference USA set up. It couldn't happen in the SEC, but you have to play someone that you potentially could play in the title game the week right. before. Like that sucks. So, but um, anything so, else? Anything else? Always week. College football uh, playoff. Now we're moving forward. I think they got it right. I do too. I, I don't think. I just looking at it. First off, I I do like Kirk Herbstreit for the most part. But how can you say that Bama deserves a chance? They had a chance last night, and they didn't win. Like that was their chance. That was. You their mean playoff. Georgia? Georgia. What did I say? Bama. You, yeah. Georgia had a chance last night to go, and that was their playoff, and they didn't make it. That's on them. That's not on the football committee. They told the committee. They made it easy on the committee. They said we don't deserve to be here because yeah. we lost in a yeah. game that if we win we go, we lose we stay. Home. It's it definitely not the best four teams in college. If you want to do the best four teams in college football, they're probably in the SEC anyway, besides Clemson. Yeah, it, yeah, no, yeah, I um, would probably agree with that. So that it's not it's most deserving. That that's what that's what right. the committee selects, and and that's that's how it should be because like we've talked about this the whole time. At some point, it your, your uh, resume has to matter. Or there's no point in playing uh, a season. Mm-hmm. And if you want, and I, I agree with some, somebody said something. Somebody said if you don't want Notre, if the Power Fives decide they don't want Notre Dame in there, then they should refuse to play them and making them join the conference. Yeah, it's that simple. If you that's what you want to do, but that's on you to do it. If you're not going to do it, then they played somewhat of a Power Five schedule and they beat and they went eleven or twelve and zero. Don't knock them then. Like, you know, until you, you have a choice. Once they call you and say, hey, let's play, you can say no. You don't have to play them because they're not in conference. Tell them to come join the SEC if they want to do it, or the ACC, or the Big Ten. Yeah. Until then, though, you can't really be mad at them. No. It's just how it is. And and I hate it, but I, I have no control over it. And somebody so. tweeted, they're like, Ohio State had one slip-up. I was like, it was a bad slip-up from one. Yeah. For two, they went to overtime to have to beat Maryland. Right. Which I think they won five games. Um, they struggled with Nebraska, who didn't make a bowl game. Right. So I mean they they've had they've had their chances to make their case and, and didn't. It, it just wasn't it wasn't just the Purdue thing is a big one. Um, obviously because it was their one loss, but I mean but, there was other games you can point at to where Oklahoma can make the case that they're the number fourteen. Right. Like, That's what Ohio sets State. them apart though from from Oklahoma is that Purdue lost. Look at Oklahoma's loss. Yeah. It it's so di- it's so different, and if you I mean I, I kind of get that argument like if you don't notice it's different, then you just don't understand college football. Mm-hmm. Purdue's unranked, not bowl eligible, right? Is that correct? Yeah, not bowl eligible. Like that's very obvious that they, you know, that they that that win is nowhere near as bad. And then they they avenge that win. I mean, and I know that Ohio State didn't get a chance to avenge the win, but don't lose to a team that has no business in a conference final. And, you know, you don't ever have to worry about getting to avenge the win. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, that's on Ohio State. Oh, so State. they're 6-6. Six and six. Purdue's 6-6. Six okay. six. So that's on Ohio State, not anyone else that, that you don't get to go. Um, but, yeah, sorry about that. That, that. That's not 
Yeah, Texas is the number 15 team in the country. Sorry, Ohio State. Yeah. Actually, I'm not sorry. Forget you. Yeah. Forget Urban Meyer. He's a punk. Probably going to have a stroke and retire now. Yeah. I mean, he's an ass, so yeah. no one's upset that he's out of the college football player. Right. It'll be hilarious if Ohio State got to be my Washington now. God, I want LSU to put a thumping on UCF. Oh, it's gonna be bad. I want I want Coach O to come in there and just be like, "You're not you're not anyone's national championship champion this year, dude." But if they don't, it's God bless. It's gonna be another year. Here's of... my question, and I know it's kind of unfair because I'm sure both well, and everyone's like, they're gonna go play another team who doesn't want to be there. And I'm like, why would a team not want to be there? It's not like they're playing Ohio State, who you know feels like they got wrong. LSU didn't deserve like LSU's playing in a fine bowl for where they're at. Yeah, I feel like they'll want to be there. Um, but you know, if UCF does it, does it help their case for next year? I don't know. Like, how does it? And it, and it, it takes like teams losing every Power Five team have like losing two games for to even hint at UCF. Yeah. And then UCF playing two Power Five teams to get there to get to that undefeated season. I think minimum of two two Power Five teams. Right. Um, and then it takes you know people losing. But yeah, I, I'm like. I've always said in my head, I wonder what it would take to to put them in the discussion. I think minimum of two losses for everybody, and that's minimum. So they'll they'll never be there because for them to go undefeated, they do play Stanford, Pitt, and Houston's not power five. But I mean that's a good. I think they're out of Houston's out of conference, surely, right? Yeah. Yeah, they play Stanford and Pitt next year, and FAU. Yeah, I don't. Surely Lane Kiffin's not at FAU next year. Who knows, man? Surely not. He likes the paradise, man. Why would Georgia Tech not hire him right now? Immediately. That baffles me. Hey, I'd I'd be a yellow jacket if you hire him. Should do it. But I mean, think of their personnel that they have. Like they, especially offensively, they have guys to just run that. So like, it's going to be a struggle. Yeah, especially if you want to implement like the spread or something like that, it's it's going to be a struggle for Georgia Tech, right? Absolutely. Um, anything else for the college football playoff or college football in general of the weeks? Most well, important football guys, football guys, hey, football guys. Most important, Tom Brady. Oh, Tom Brady uh, reached a thousand yards rushing for his career. Wow! <laughs> it only took him eighteen seasons and twelve games to do so. I'm actually still impressed. Yeah. 18 so, seasons is how many games? It's 16. Well, it's, it's, think about it. How many Super Bowls he's played in, too, in those 18 seasons? Well, I don't, I don't, that doesn't count. Oh, does it not? Playoffs don't count, no. That's stupid. I don't think, I know it doesn't. That's absolutely, that's the most ridiculous thing I've ever heard. I don't know, but I'll, I'll, I'll come up with a, come up with a number. Yeah, but I don't think that'd be fun just listening listening to us. That's so. three hundred games. Dang, three hundred games. So I like it. One thousand divided by three hundred. Three point three yards per game. I would say that's solid. <laughs> I'm impressed. I'm impressed. Don't let anyone tell you. Um, my first most important of the week is, uh, I think it was, is it Al- Alcorn State? Yeah. Played Mobamba. Their band played Mobamba. I saw that. It's nice. I mean, they went at it, too. I'm a to Steve McNair. 
R.I.P. There you go. I, did he really play it? Yeah. Alcorn? I didn't yeah. know that. Speaking of, <laughs> got a signature up there. And the bobblehead. That's an HBCU right there. Air McNair, cool. baby. Love that, man. Rip in peace. Rip in peace. Fell the week. Well, I got one more most oh, important. Oh, oh, I'm um, sorry. Got to go with Randy Boyd coming out and just saying, yo, shut up. Rumors ain't true. Got to go with that because UT's admin has never been able to do that. Whether it be through press conference or easy as Twitter, one tweet. Never been able to do that. And obviously it didn't silence everybody together because everyone's like, oh, well, he's lying just to you know make it make himself look good. At least he said something. Yeah. Like, that's, that's what you've been asking for the whole time. So you can't be mad if he lied, really. Right. So, I mean, I don't think, sure, again, I get into that. I don't think he could have. That just would not be smart for his career. So Yeah. But I, I've got it. Yeah, hats off to him for coming out and saying something for sure. So, my f- <clears throat> fellow week, you good? Yeah, fell. All right, fellow the week is uh, Tennessee sports reporters um, okay. upset about people making fake Twitter accounts. Um, are you adding somebody? Huh? Are you adding somebody? I'll add Wes Rucker and Jimmy Holmes. <laughs> Because, like, for one, if you didn't tweet dumb shit anyway, people wouldn't make fun of you all the time. Right. Well, and my biggest thing about Twitter is, like, that, if you don't want people to, and, like, you have to just, you have to understand Twitter's free. Anyone can make any account. So, if you don't want to use Twitter as a means of reaching your audience, then don't use Twitter. Obviously, that's the easiest way. So, you just have to know it comes with the territory. Preach. You just have to know it. Yeah. And stop being, like, who cares? Yeah. Just simply, just somebody made a Jiminy Himes. That's funny. Okay, <laughs> just laugh and move on. Yeah, just tweet and say this isn't me. That's all you have to do. Yeah, and some people make Russ Walker. And honestly, like it's funny. Honestly, just the fact that dumb people follow you that think that's you—that's their fault. They're stupid. Yeah, I mean, like I'll get in, like I'll click on it, and then I'll see yeah. it, and I'm just like, oh, that's, I'm like, that's oh, funny. we hired you, freeze. Oh, that's West. Not West Rucker. Yeah, yeah. That's like that's funny. Yeah, I mean, I'm not mad about it. Right. Don't don't be like if somebody wants to tweet like and make a fake Twitter account of mine. Like, I'm down. I'm gonna make a fake Twitter account of you today. Let's do it. Um, <laughs> You're gonna have a parody account. Yeah, I mean, as long if you talk about me, that's fine. I don't <laughs> give a shit if you talk about me. Uh, my fellow week is Georgia. Um, Georgia and Alabama have played 120 minutes in the past two game games that they played. Georgia has led or been tied for 119 of those minutes and lost both games. Nice. Congratulations, Georgia. That's terrible. Yeah, awful. <laughs> That's terrible coaching. Kirby smart, more like Kirby dumb. Yeah. <laughs> the show. I have a I have a stupidity. I just want to read it off because I feel like it'll get out of date if I don't read it. Okay. Now. Yeah, um. So, UGA alumni. Oh God. Did you Did you see this? Yes. That's embarrassing. So, uh, they tweeted at Tennessee alum. Yes, we've had our differences. What if we turn the first Saturday in December into the third Saturday in October? Will you be a dog for a day? Yeah. Excuse me, what? Just get your own fans. Did you break my chair? Yeah. Damn it. I broke this thing. Did you really? No, it's not broken. It's just like a little... Yeah. You, you break it, you cap. Yeah, no, that was terrible. Um, You can get your own fans. Yeah. We're not cheering for anybody in the SEC yeah. game except us, so... Get yeah. out. Screw you. Um... My fellow week is Eric Ainge. <laughs> At Eric Speaking Ainge. Speaking of. It's <laughs> terrible. He tweeted, hell, I'll call plays. It's not that hard. And I really think he was being serious. Like, hoping people would be like, did I share this last week? I don't even remember when he tweeted Was that out. stupidity? No, it's a fail. Because oh. I legitimately believe he tweeted out thinking, oh, they'll be, they'll all be like, yeah, why not? Like, let's let Eric, uh, let's let Eric Ainge do it. 
No, they're like, oh, we're good, man. We remember the LSU game. Yeah. <laughs> like saying stuff like that. Like Thanks for throwing a pick. Yeah, we don't need your we don't speaking of stupidity, we don't need your stupidity on our staff. But so. he threw seven touchdowns. Hey, it was all him. It was. That's right. Yeah. I mean no one had to catch the ball. He <laughs> threw to himself one. seven times. He probably rushed for over a thousand yards in his career. Backwards. With no offensive line. Definitely. <laughs> yeah. Um but yeah, I was like definitely like he tweeted that thinking like Vol Twitter would be like, Yeah, man, like, yeah, we want that. They were no one, not a single reply was like, that'd be fine. They were so, all like, no one was even neutral about it. No one was like, eh. Everyone somebody was tweeted, like, hell no. Somebody tweeted, was like, does Eric Ainge need to go back to rehab? <laughs> God bless. <laughs> I do love that, like, he's like, apparently hates second chances. The man's had like three DUIs. He's had plenty of chances. <laughs> <laughs> so I find that funny. For he's you like, screw losses. you, Freeze. We could net like he's like I'll call Phil for myself. Phil for would answer your phone call first off. Yeah. So like, no, he's not gonna answer, he's not gonna answer Jimmy Holmes either. Yeah. He recruited another quarterback with you. You think he likes you that much? Yeah. No. Abrin Schaefer. Nah. <laughs> but yeah, guys, that's yeah. I just tweeted Eric Gaines telling how bad he is. Yeah. So he's terrible. He knows football, but damn, he's annoying. It's hard to listen to. But like, like it's sometimes, hard to like, like I used to think he knows football. Now I'm kind of like. Is he really, or was he just like faking it? Because I don't know football that much. Maybe I don't know. <laughs> I yeah. feel like like I do think he does football. I thought he, he knows X's and O's. Yeah, I thought his best, the best he's done in radio was on Tennessee Sports Radio when he would just break down games on Monday morning. Yeah, that's it. That's he, all he needs to do. As soon as it gets into opinionated stuff, whew, it's terrible. Yeah, it's bad. So yeah, I, I did used to like him on TSR. But Another fill of the week. I'm gonna add this on real quick. Um, I don't know if you got to listen to the morning show with Heather Harrington and Never. Tyler Robbins. Never. Since we're talking about terrible stuff, I thought I'd just bring this out too. Um, <laughs> they had a caller on. His name was Danny, and he just brought up. Um, he he brought up that, you know, if Hugh Freeze is the best guy for the job, he should get he should get the job. Yeah. And they were just bashing Hugh Freeze why he shouldn't blah blah blah. Um, and he was like, he's like, you know, y'all. This whole sports station wanted Philip Former gone, and look what happened. Yeah, and then they just like as soon as he hung yeah, up, exactly. instead of just like laughing about it, they just like bashed him. Really? Yeah, they're like, yeah, I guess Jesus Christ should be offense coordinator too. What? Yeah. So speaking okay, speaking of you freezing because somehow my words got twisted on Twitter. I don't know how because they're just laid out flat for you to read. So I guess that's just your comprehension. So I'm going to use this platform that I'm speaking on right now. To tell you my thoughts on the Hugh Freeze thing. I'll make a fake Twitter account. and That's fine. Yeah. You can, you can do that. I'm okay with that. Okay. Just make sure you use a good picture as that AB. Yeah. Um, everyone everyone deserves second chances because everyone's going to mess up everywhere. You're going to mess up. I'm going to mess up. Um, Hugh Freeze messed up. It's going to happen. My problem with the Tennessee fan base right now is not that they want Hugh Freeze. It's the downplaying of prostitution. And that's my only knock. Hugh Freeze deserves a second chance. My biggest thing about him is... Is the risk worth the reward? And I don't know. Because he has to go out on the recruiting trail. Um, so you kind of have to decide if the man has changed. And that's like, I mean, that's a Jeremy Pruitt and a Philip former call. They sit down, sit across from him, and they decide, like, are you going to do what it takes to be the co- to be a coach here? And they have to make that judgment call, and they're in a paid position to make that judgment call. Mm-hmm. Um, I did say from day one, I want to see what Philip former says if they hire him. Because that's going to be a pretty big spin zone to be like, a year ago, he was hiring prostitutes out on the road. Now he's here. W- you know what do we what do we got to you know? Did he you know has he 
you know, owned up and apologized, what's the deal? And and that's on Philip Former and Jerry Pruitt if they feel that's what's best for the program. Um, but yeah, the downplay of the prostitution is pretty disgusting to me because I just feel like you don't understand sex trafficking if you think prostitution is just two consenting adults. Um, so I'm going to encourage you all to do your own research into sex trafficking online because um, there's a lot that goes into it. It's not just a woman's like, hey, I want to get paid for sex. It usually involves drugs. Usually involves, um, it can involve kidnapping. I mean, you see it all across the United States nowadays. Women getting kidnapped uh, at stores, followed around at stores. Um, you know, it, it could involve, you know, people forcing women to do it because, you know, they may owe them money. You know, it involves just a series of things. It's not as black and white as, you know, a woman wanting to get paid for sex. So right. don't downplay prostitution because it's bad. Um, and, and that's that's all I've got for it. That, that's my biggest knock on the Tennessee fan base. Yeah. Um, and, and I like it how you said that, you know, it's Jeremy Pruitt and Philip Former's job to make the right decision. And yes. So if they don't believe he's changed. They're not going to give him the job. Right. But, it, I mean, if he has, then he has. Then yeah. I'm going to support their decision and, either way. And, that, and it falls again on them. They're getting paid millions of dollars to make those decisions. I'm sure they know. If I miss up, mess up on this call, it could cost me my job. And, and a guy got mad at me because I simply said, it's a risk-reward thing. Look at the Zach Smith situation. He was like, you're comparing prostitution to a man beating his wife. No, I'm not. I'm showing you that an assistant coach screwed up, and it almost cost a head coach's job. That's all. I'm in a program of black eye. That's what I'm pointing out. Yeah. That he didn't like that. And if it was anybody other than Urban Meyer, they would have got more than likely, especially if it's a Jerry Pruitt who's not solidified himself in college football, right? Who's not made a name for himself at the program that he's at. Mm-hmm. He loses his job. Yeah. So there's a lot that goes into it, and I'm, you know, we talk about the Shiano thing. I think the national media has twisted it because I think, for me at least, it was he wasn't a good football coach and he has that baggage. Yeah. So yeah, the risk is not worth the reward. Like I'm not going to want him for that baggage, and it wasn't just that baggage. It's a lot more baggage than that. And he wasn't a good football coach. So there's just a lot that goes into it. It's not as simple as he was tied to the Sandusky thing. That was part of it, but it's not that simple. Hugh Freeze shouldn't be as simple as, okay, he did that. We're going to end it. Because like I said, everyone deserves second chances. But it shouldn't be as simple as, he's a great football coach. Hire him either. Yeah. So there's a lot that goes into it. Because he he is expected to represent the University of Tennessee when he's here. And I would imagine that you guys who are fans for life, Probably plan on being fans the rest of your life. If you have kids, you want them to be fans. You wouldn't want this program to be, yeah, you know, to like, like, continue to down the path it's on. Like you definitely want to win, but you want to do it the right way. Right. Because if you don't do it the right way, eventually it all falls apart. Yeah. So, yeah, look at Bruce Pearl. Look at Bruce Pearl. Um, obviously, the Penn State thing is so far different from the um, uh, Hugh Freeze thing. But Penn State overlooks things Jerry Sandusky was doing because he was a good coach. Eventually it catches up with him. Um, it cost Joe Paterno a lot of his reputation. Um, and then Penn State was doing just fine before that. And look where they're at now. I mean, they, and they've come back because of um, really good administration. They, they, they've done it the right way since then. Um, but definitely did not help their program when that all caught up to him. And eventually it all catches up to you. So Yeah. And Hugh Freeze has been out for two years. He's yeah. he's been out at Ole Miss for two years, so he's had two years to, you know, get whatever demons he had, yeah, um, out. And if if he hasn't changed, you know, he's not going to get the job at Tennessee. And I think he's been vocal about you know 
about the situation, which would lead me to believe that he is apologetic about it and has. But again, that's on that's not my call to make or any fan's call to make or any sports radio analyst to make. Yeah. That's on Jeremy Pruitt and Phil Fulmer. One thing that I look at it, and it doesn't really mean anything, but I've, I've found it um, a little bit convincing is if you look through his followers. Yeah. Some of his followers are like um, Hillsong United. Yeah. I mean, he's always been um, like a vocal. I mean, he worked at a Christian school. Yeah. So. Brockrest. Yeah. So, I mean, again, like he's, you know, it's a guy who messed up. And we're mm-hmm. all going to make mistakes. It's like the Eric Ames thing. I don't understand. It's a guy who's in his right. life made mistakes and gotten second chances. And, and and with all that, you know, we don't know exactly what went on. Yeah. No, that's um, another thing. Is like, I can't even tell you if he, you know, there's a lot of things that he obviously did wrong in that, but I don't know exactly what happened. Right. So And, and no one does. Exactly. And, and unless, like, maybe the NCAA right. does. Hugh Freeze is probably one of the only people that know, knows exactly yeah. what happened. So. But, you know, if you get some of that stuff in your program, like, you're taking the fault because you're the head man. And yeah. that's what Jeremy Pruitt, like, he is look, the head man. Yeah. So, if anything goes wrong in his program, he's responsible exactly. for it. And look at Louisville. Another example of prostitution where eventually it all fell on Patino. Yeah. So, yeah, it definitely it's – a, it's, a, it's a messy situation, but you do have to – you know, I think for – for all of all fans, you just have to hope that Philip Former, the guy that you wanted in place and you trusted when he got into place, makes the right decision, whether it be hiring you freeze or saying we can't take that risk on you freeze. You have to just trust that he's making the right call. Right. So And it's fun. Like what? the coaching search, yeah. It's fun. I mean it sucks our program is where it is. Yeah. But it I mean at least it's fun. Yeah, absolutely. What? Not as much tracking planes during the O C search. That's kinda of Right, yeah. It, it gives us something to talk about. Absolutely. Um, that's all I've got, guys. I uh, hope you enjoyed it. Hope you enjoyed Ron Slay on. Um, hope you enjoyed that Vol basketball win. And don't forget, bad news beers is 2-0. 2-0, baby. Oh, and I'm going to the second round of the fantasy football playoffs, as it's landed. Yeah. So. Let's get it. And, uh, yeah, that's all we got. So we're bringing the boat in, and we out.